I say a rotten log, I mean a rotten log that if you start kicking it, it just turns into yeah, it falls apart. pieces of stuff. Yeah. Um, those can be really good mulch. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the MaritimeGardening.com podcast. This is episode 48. How are you doing today, Greg? Hey, doing great. Excellent, excellent. It's, it's starting, to, starting to feel a little more seasonal out there. Got some frost. Yeah, uh, we did. There's a frost warning, and I... Uh, man, I tell you, people, when there's a frost warning, you heed that. Yeah. <laughs> I always think like ah that'll go somewhere else, because it all it never says like um, there will be frost tonight. Everyone will get frost. Yeah, the frost warning is never like that. It says risk of frost in low lying areas. Yeah, exactly. What's a low lying area? I'm not in a high. I'm I'm like 200 meters above sea level here. Mm. For for Americans, that's like 600 feet or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't consider this low lying. I mean, it's it's low lying compared to. Uh, you know, uh, Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or some, you know, someplace in Utah or whatever, someplace in land like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, they're saying low lying levels. They're referring to where I live. You know. Yeah, so, exactly. Low lying area. If Nova Scotia, the low lying area is the ocean. Mm. <laughs> it's that the is, lowest. That is true. That is it's true. That's, it's at sea level. Yeah. <laughs> that's the low lying. So uh, relative to that, I'm not low lying. No. Um, not only that, but uh, my garden is not, it's, it's, on the, it's, it's on a plateau, I guess. Like there's a high point and then I'm, it's halfway down a hill. So it's not mm-hmm. even, if you read about permaculture, uh, they say that uh, it's good to have that sort of thing because uh, uh, mist can just, it'll just keep rolling down. So right. downhill of where my garden plateau is, there's a swamp. And that's where all that's the that's the low lying area. There's a low lying area about twenty feet lower yeah. than my swamp or than my garden. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, I got frost. You could tell the some of the uh, uh, squash plants, the leaves had that mm. burnt look. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, what I the one thing I did do is I just knocked all my tomato. All my tomatoes are on a trellis, mm-hmm. and I or you know they're on stakes, right? And I knocked it. It's one the quick and dirty thing you can do is I, I knocked them down and put them on the ground. Because uh, if there is a tiny bit of frost, it'll hurt things that are high up way more than things that are on the ground. Mm. Uh, and it'll also like like I so so all my tomatoes were okay because I put them all on the ground and uh, I put some uh, just some dead dead stuff over one of the groups. Right. And I got some other tomatoes that are, uh, they're underneath a tree, believe it or not. Mm. And they didn't get it. Because uh, mm. the tree protected them or something. They're underneath a maple tree. Um, it, it's a weird spot, but the tomatoes actually, it's it, my kids, well, like it's a little, little kid garden. And I put these tomatoes in just to see if they grew. And they, they mm. grew really nice. Nice. Uh, anyway, so I did get a bit of frost, but uh, I should have been, uh, I should have taken an extra two minutes and more diligently protected uh, my plants, but oh, wow. I didn't. Oh. oh well, 
I should have picked all my basil, that's for sure, because mm. basil can't take. It's almost hopeless growing it where I am here. It's, mm. it's such a thing to grow here. Uh, anyway, uh, the, <laughs> the other thing I did is uh, for anyone, <laughs> this is a funny sort of thing. Uh, I have a barber, and the barber, uh, uh, she, she renovated her barbershop, and she had three grapefruit trees uh, and that's the second or third barber I've had in my life. And this is—I'm speaking to like different provinces where I've lived right. that have had citrus trees growing in their gar- really? in their in their barber shop. It's really strange. I don't know if it's a barber thing. Mm. Uh, and they're not even similar barbers. Like the I had a bar, mm-hmm. like an Italian Italian barber when I lived in uh, I lived in Ontario for six years, and he had a, a lime tree or a lemon tree or something like that growing in his mm. barber shop. Um, but this this lady is not Italian by any stretch. Um, but anyway, uh, she was renovating the place, and she said, "Oh, I need a good home for these, and I know you like uh, growing stuff. So why don't you take one of my? Uh, they're grapefruit trees." So I said, "Okay, you know that that'll be a cool thing to have in the house." Mm. Well, they're not. They're not. Uh, it's like someone saying, "I've got a bull mastiff. He's a wonderful dog. Uh, would yeah. you like to take his uh, grapefruit Maybe tree?" So. Yeah, I mean, a, a grapefruit tree, it needs, if there's one place in your house that gets decent sun, it's got to be there yeah. or it suffers. Yeah. But not only that, and I didn't even know this, but grapefruit trees have these oh, two-inch thorns all over them. Oh, kind of like, uh, yeah, I've seen some big bushes, like, uh, hawthorn yeah, bushes. Yeah, like if you go fishing sometimes yeah. along river banks, there's these the, I mean, these brand these. If you ran through one of them, you'd probably die. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I've heard them. They're hawthorn bushes. Hawthorn? Skin would yeah. come off. It's yeah. like a hawthorn. Very similar. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's got all these, and it turns out that the only place that this plant, because my house just the way you know, I, I'm not. A, I'm an outdoor gardener, not an indoor yeah. gardener. This house is terrible for for sunlight. There's yeah. it's only one. There's one place in the house where there's a. Uh, an east-facing window adjacent to a south-facing window. Mm. There's only one south-facing window in the whole house. Mm. So uh, that's where the grapefruit tree has to go. Mm-hmm. It's right next to our garbage can in our kitchen, you know, the kind you put your foot on? I so know every it. time, yep. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> you know what a garbage can is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a kitchen garden can, so it's that kind where you press it down with your foot. Yep. Anyway, uh, so every time you go to put something in the garden, you get like, thorns in your face lovely <laughs> stupid tree so i i uh but you know i she entrusted me with the life of this tree mm. so um i've cared for it it did well and then uh i i get i got this crazy idea this year i've had this tree for a couple of years now and i had this idea this summer it's like i'm gonna put it outside on the deck <laughs> and it'll get full sun and maybe you know it'll flower maybe yeah. something will happen this summer right yeah so I put it out on my deck in July, yeah, and I hardened it off. Like I, I had it sort of protected a bit, yeah, and, yeah, or June or whatever, whenever it was, you know, nice enough, uh, consistently uh, uh, ten degrees, right. ten degrees at night, and yeah, um, temperatures that a citrus plant can take, and uh, it just died. <laughs> <laughs> it's still alive, yeah. but it looks Barely. like someone beat the hell out of it. Oh. Uh, it looks terrible. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's still fine, but uh, I don't even. I'm, I'm ashamed to bring it back into the house. Uh, chip it uh, up, put it in a wood chipper. So, uh, for anyone thinking that uh, 
you know, doing that. Who has a citrus plant? Maybe no one's crazy. Maybe that was a really dumb thing to do. Any, I'm an experimental type, so I was like, yeah. hey, this, you know, it's going to get more sun. Yeah. It's going to be nice and more. It's going to be like Florida outside. It's going to grow grapefruits. That, that grapefruit tree is an indoor cat. Yeah. And what happens to an indoor cat when you put it outdoors? All the cats on the street beat the tar. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> it comes that home with true. I'm missing an eye, yeah, uh, so, <laughs> and possibly pregnant. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you're, if you're, you don't put your citrus outside. If you live in yeah. Canada, um, and mm. uh, maybe in southern Ontario, that might work because it can yeah. get cause a couple places it gets really hot. But yeah. certainly, you're out this way. Forget it, man. Good, uh, good chat. Yeah, that plant <laughs> destroyed. Um, okay, moving on. That's not the topic of today's. So we, we hey, went, it, 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 you've done well. It, it's, Abe it was, and I agreed not to do this before we get into the content today, and I did it anyway. And he did it anyway. <laughs> it's yeah. a constant stream of consciousness. Yeah. Uh, so um, anyway, today, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to do another episode on mulches but from a different angle. Um, so it's uh, fall. And for me, it's time to do a lot of prep work in my garden. I prefer to do a lot of that stuff uh, in the fall as opposed to messing around with it in the spring. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's just a great time to work in your garden in the fall. It's it's cool, and uh, there's no no mosquitoes, there's no horse flies, there's no 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 black flies. You know, uh, mm -hmm. it's still reasonably warm, um, so your fingers don't freeze. It's just a wonderful time to be out in the garden. Mm. Uh, and uh, something about fall air. I love fall yeah, air. I love it. It's, uh, I don't know what it is. Like fall to me is like the new year. I don't, it's because of, you know, fall is when you start a new, uh, you know, when you're growing up, it's a new year in school. So anything, maybe this year I'll be cool because I yeah. wasn't cool. You know, you just don't know what's. I got a new jean jacket. I mean, back in those days, jean jackets made you cool. But yeah. uh, fall was always this time of like a new, uh, it's kind of, it's real. From the season point of view, it's an ending. But uh, and I spent years in school because I spent a good ten years in university. In addition to all that, so a fall always has this like, okay, this year I'm gonna do I'm gonna do great things. Mm -hmm. uh, so fall is my January first. <laughs> Emotionally, I, fall is when I say, okay, this year is gonna be great. Uh, whatever everybody goes through in January, I, I go through in the fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and it's great when you have a garden because you're like, okay, I'm. Next year's garden is going to be amazing, right? I'm going to do all this great stuff. Right. So one of the things you do in the fall, or one of the things I do in the fall, is I I add, add manure to my gardens, and I also add mulches. So today we're going to talk about mulches. We probably should have done manure first and then went on mulches, but that's I'm oh, wow. prepared, to, prepared to talk about mulches today. So what's the point I want to get at? If you read literature on mulches, um, they'll say use anything. Just mm -hmm. use whatever you can get, which uh, I would say that's that's good advice, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. But if you find something works better than other things, go with that. Use it. Um, and so, and it may be that what I'm suggesting here isn't going to help you. I mean, everybody soils differently. I mean, but I have read in the literature that, you know, especially if you've watched uh, films like the Back to Eden film, they're always talking about wood chips, wood mm -hmm. chips, uh, rainbow wood chips, so branches and leaves and stuff like that, not not wood chips that uh, uh, are from logs or the main, uh, but it's from the branches. So there's a lot of green uh, 
a lot of leaves and a lot of green in there. Mm-hmm. A lot more sap and just just more uh, uh, nutrient and energy in there. Because uh, most of the tree, if you the trunk of a tree is is it's almost all carbon, right? Right. But the branches they've got a lot more nitrogen because there's there's more bark per wood and there's more leaves and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that product or that kind of mulch is spoken about with reverence. Mm-hmm. And so when I first got into doing this, I had a preference for that and I put it all over my gardens. And, uh, you know, I got to say, I have not had the best results with it relative to other things. I have found that when I use wood chips, ramiel wood chips, so branches and leaves have been chipped up in a chipper. I, I get them from a tree service. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, but some of my, well, you've got to use this tree or that. I've, and these are from all different kinds of trees. I've uh, alder and maple tree. I've tried and, and pine and needles and spruce and different things. Um, if the soil underneath the wood chips is amazing soil, mm-hmm. then the wood chips do a fine job because they, they keep the soil moist and the soil is already good, yeah. right? So they won't deplete a soil, they'll do, but they'll, they'll do a pretty good job maintaining an, an excellent soil. Right. But if your soil is not excellent, let's say your soil is still developing mm-hmm. and it isn't as rich as it could be, uh, I don't know that wood chips will get you there quickly. I'm I'm confident that they'll get you there in the long run. If you had really really poor soil and you put a eight or nine inches of wood chips on and left it for five or six years, um, I'm sure um, the soil would benefit from that. Mm-hmm. But when you're a gardener, you want it to be good now, right? right? Or you want it to be next year, sort of thing. So you want a mulch that's gonna let's say you put your mulch on in the fall. You want it to do a bit of uh, decomposing in the mm-hmm. fall. Yeah. And, you know, once everything freezes, everything's going to, nothing's decomposing once this, in the first foot, you know, soil freezes down a foot deep. Um, but you want it, something to happen, right? And and then next uh, spring, you want it to go get back to business, right? You want it to right. heat up and decomposing quickly. I don't find wood chips do that. I think mm. they, they only seem to break down uh, in the warmer summer months. And I think that's why a lot of the literature that you read online, it's all coming from warmer uh, parts of the world um they're touting wood chips because you know it's just just warmer for longer there perhaps they break down better there so they benefit the soil better there Uh, but if you've got a soil that you're trying to bring up to some optimum level um, i have found that other things tend to do better i'm speaking specifically about uh hay and uh uh, seaweed in particular right. Right. leaves are leaves are quite good too but uh, i found leaves tend to harbor slugs like you would i don't know why i don't know why leaves would harbor, harbor more slugs than seaweed yeah uh or or or, or hay um perhaps it's easier for them to hide in it mm. uh, maybe it's easier for birds to root through hay and seaweed i don't know um that would be my best guess because uh, because birds will you know go at slugs uh, birds love slugs oh, um, yeah. well, I have found that the garden leaves for instance in my, in my this give you a sense of the rate these things break down so the gardens in my backyard where I've put a foot of hay last uh, let's say uh, I, put, I put some new ones in last year and I built them around June mm-hmm. and I put a foot of hay 
and the hay is almost all gone. It's down to like an inch or two inches. Right. And it's not like it's compacted. It just just broke down. Yeah. So all of that, you know, I got a foot of hay and now I got a couple inches. So a good deal of that matter, let's say 60, 70% of that matter is now soil matter. Right. So that's a mulch that feeds your soil, right? That that hay mm. literally got broken down by organisms. I mean, hay doesn't break down on its – it's not like the hay breaks down on its own. Right. Those are organisms eating it and pooping it mm. and making it into excellent soil. Yeah. So – yeah, I mean, I guess the grass breaks down quite quickly too. If you like, you go over with your mm-hmm. mower. Yeah, but I mean, generally speaking, if you're mowing your lawn, you should use a mulching blade and leave that grass on your lawn, mm-hmm. and then you won't have to fertilize it quite so much. Uh, but if you have a neighbor that likes to fertilize the heck out of his or her lawn, and, and they leave all their grass on the side of the road, I mean, that's right. that's free. That's free stuff. Take it. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's the, the other the advantage of leaves is that they're so easy to source this time of year. People just throw them away, and especially now I don't know what your rules are in Bridgewater where you live, but um, the rules here where I live, uh, you're you're only allowed to throw them out in those brown paper bags now. Mm. Yeah, those I think ba- that's the way down here too. Those bags are completely like a hundred percent compostable. Yeah, and they're great for dealing with um, any sort of weed problem you have. You just literally like cut the bag up and throw the leaves on top of the bag and and the weeds disappear. I got a couple of videos on the YouTube where I show I've done this with uh, uh, gout weed, which is a horrible invasive weed. Uh, I'm actually going to do a follow-up on that quite soon because uh, it seems to have worked uh, quite well. Mm. Anyway, so uh, leaves are very good for your soil and they break down quickly. It's, it's good to get ones that have been run over by a mower by someone. Um, but uh, they do carry the risk of harboring slugs. So if you're going to use leaves, then you should buy uh, some sort of slug bait or, 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 you know, do some research and learn about different kinds of yeah. slug trap, beer traps, and all these other kind of slug traps that you can use. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, so there's, there's uh, leaves, hay, and I say hay instead of straw because hay is usually free, whereas straw usually costs money. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but hay has more nutrients in it. Hay is the part the horses eat, right? Straw mm-hmm. is – it's funny because hay is the, the part of the, the, the grass that has value, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, when they have a field and they, they're growing it for feed for livestock, the hay is the part that they sell to farmers, the straw is what's left over because <laughs> yeah, the exactly. animals the animals don't eat you know, cows and horses and stuff don't eat straw, right? It's right. it's less of lesser value, and they don't eat it, um, and because they don't eat it, I mean, it, it has less nutrients in it. There's there's nothing in mm-hmm. they don't eat it because there's nothing in there for them. Yeah, like they'd starve to death if they ate it because the seeds are in the straw. Mm. The greener, you know, it's just more, more nutrient value. So this, the hay is 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 going to feed your soil more because there's more nutrients in it. Now it's mm-hmm. got some weed seeds in it and that sort of thing. That's a bit of a problem, but yeah. um, 
Yeah, if you're lucky, maybe there's some sparrows or something that'll come and root through that and pick a lot of your seeds out, but uh, they never get them all. I mean, if you use straw, you're going to get a few weeds, but it's, right. it's to me not too bad. It's surprisingly, it's not as bad as you might think. Um, so that, and that's the advantage of getting straw. You can go to a, a horse stable or any sort of farm around you if you just look around. And uh, if they have livestock that they feed hay to, um, sometimes there's hay they buy that the animals just won't eat it. They don't like it. Something wrong with it. Funny taste. Yeah. And they just throw it away. They throw it on the manure pile. So that hay won't be in a bundle. It's usually just thrown there. Mm. But you just bring a container or uh, bring one of those empty leaf bags or, yeah, you know, yeah. something, or even a tarp that you can sort of bundle up a bit. Um, but, you know, if you're if you uh, ingratiate yourself to a stable owner, you can usually source uh, hay for next to nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people will come, gardeners will come to their stable looking for manure, but almost no one ever comes looking for straw. Yeah. Because this this belief, oh, don't use straw, it's or don't use uh, don't use hay. It's got weeds in it, right? So everybody will go to a, a farm store and buy straw when it's it's not cheap. It's maybe twenty bucks for a bale or something like mm. that. Uh, whereas the hay uh, has more nutrients and it's free, uh, although it does have a few more. It does have more weeds than straw. Mm. But another thing you can use, uh, alluded to before, is uh, seaweed. Um, seaweed's a great one. I mean, you can go down to the beach and you get it off the high tide mark. Check your local laws, of course. Yeah. And this only works for people that are in the Maritimes, of course. Um, but uh, that stuff uh, is is basically weed-free. Um, it uh, it does break down. Uh, you, you have to reapply it every year. Um, it gets ridiculously hot. The other advantage... If you're a northern gardener, is that uh, the seaweed or kelp or whatever you want to call it, it's dark in color. So whereas straw is light in color, so it doesn't attract a lot of heat to itself. um, Although it does heat up, you know, just on it, it's bioactive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seaweed is dark. So uh, if you have seaweed uh, seaweed mulch in your garden and you go out on a on a day in April where even if it was zero degrees Celsius at night. If it's a reasonably, let's say it's a day where it's sunny and maybe it's getting up to 10 degrees Celsius, yeah. put your hand on the seaweed, it'll be warm. It's it's really neat. Mm. Uh, and it, it's breaking down. Like if you put your hand in it, there's all this mushy brown stuff all over your hands. Right. <laughs> so it's turning into mush, right? Cool. Uh, but that means it's turning into stuff that your plants can use and stuff that the organisms in the soil uh, will benefit by. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, straw and seaweed are, I would say, uh, really good. Also, um, even better than wood chips in a lot of ways is rot- rotten logs. Mm-hmm. That's another. I mean, it's a little more labor intensive, and it's this only an option if uh, you know you you live near the woods. I live right on a forest, so I can just go drag logs out of the woods whenever I want. Mm-hmm. I've got a piece of land. Um, but also maybe you've got a, a neighbor that, that has some rotten stuff they put out on the garbage day or whatever. Yeah. But I say a rotten log, I mean a rotten log that if you start kicking it, it just turns into yeah, it falls apart. pieces of stuff. Yeah. Um, those can be really good mulch because, because they're rotting, because they've been, they've been sitting on the ground rotting for years, mm-hmm. years, sometimes maybe more than decades, right? right? Depending on what kind of log it is. Um, so if it's really rotten like that, it's 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 got a lot more nitrogen than wood would normally. Do. Mm. Wood wood needs to absorb, take up nitrogen to to break down. 
So if it's a rotten log, it's already taken up nitrogen. It has to take up nitrogen to rot, mm. to break down. So it's just charged up a bit. I've used it. I, I haven't used it for a number of years now, but I have used it in the, because, you know, to to cover a four by ten garden, you have to get like basically a tree. <laughs> you got to yeah. find like a, almost like yeah. an entire tree, yeah. uh, something like half the size of a telephone pole. Right. Uh, you know, smash that all up. So it's yeah. it's good if you've got some aggression, you got to work out or yeah. some issues. You know, yeah. you got some anger, but. Uh, uh, you know, if you don't have a large garden or you just want to do something different or whatever, it also looks really cool. And uh, also that uh, if you use a rotten log as a, a mulch, you'll get all kinds of crazy mushrooms in your mm. garden. Uh, yeah. uh, unfortunately, I don't know anything about I've got a, a lot of mushrooms growing uh, all over my garden right now, and I don't know which ones are good or bad, so I just have to watch <laughs> them stay all. stay away. Yeah, yeah, you just gotta watch them all go to yeah. go to nothing. But uh, I could fill a tub. Oh yeah, the mushrooms I have right now. Yeah, if only I knew which ones were good. edible. If anyone out yeah. there listening is and is in my area knows where you could go to take a class on mushrooms, I, I there's very few things I would pay for. I would pay for that to go in the woods with someone that knows something about yeah, that. That would be a good idea. Imagine just being able to just take a walk and like come home with a bag of mushrooms. Oh man, the place that my wife and I go hiking, I mean, they're just h hundreds of different kinds. And this time of year, especially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, what else? That would be a, a huge advantage to be able to do that. I mean, they're good for you, but also just, you know, you know I'm a bit of a cheapskate. Yes. It's like, just, just see, like, there's all this free food all over the place, and I don't know which one's good and which one will kill well, me. Kill me, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't risked it. <laughs> well, <laughs> the cost is uh, is dearly. Sometimes yeah. it's not like, well, I'll just get a little bit sick. It's yeah. it's uh, it's a dichotomy. It's like zero yeah. one dead yeah. or alive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah you can't. No, mess very with. good. Anyway, so that's just a few thoughts on uh, different mulches. If you're thinking about that, or if you've been reading about it or whatever, uh, my experience is that hay, seaweed, and leaves, uh, they're the cheapest. <laughs> mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, they're the best. Because, um, yeah. I mean, wood chips, um, it's really hard to get those for free. Um, uh, they do work. Don't get me wrong. Uh, wood chips do work, and I've got guards with wood chips. But there's... Um, see, I I think hay's better. I mean, at least yeah. if if you're living in a cold place, like the wood chips work. But uh, I'm getting better results. I have to say, I'm getting better results with hay, and I'm mm. getting better results with seaweed where I am. Yeah, and I think it's got something to do with temperature. Right. And I've been. I mean, and this isn't like one off. I've been gardening after this fashion for. Um, I, I switched to being a. A wood chip no-till mm -hmm. permaculture gardener around uh, 2012 2013 well no yeah i bought this house in 2011 and the next year i started making all these changes so i've been doing this for a, a number i've been a gardener for years but i've switched to being uh gardening with this system um just a f you know maybe five years ago but uh so and i've man i mean after watching the back to eden film i was very uh keen to use wood mm -hmm. chips because the the guy in the film says that he says they're the best but he lives in zone eight he lives right. in a place that's way uh and he he's going into his garden in the winter and harvesting right. uh, uh cilantro yeah and, 
uh, stuff like that. So he he says that's cold. Yeah. And red uh, uh, red Russian kale. He's harvesting that in the winter, whereas here it just turns to ice. <laughs> and yeah, there's no harvesting. It's over, man. I mean, maybe if you've got some sort of elaborate cold frame, but yeah, I mean, he's just going out. He said, "Oh, I just plant them under my apple trees," and yeah, that doesn't work here, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, so maybe uh, I think there might be something to do with the heat and wood chips. Uh, so if you're in a hotter place, maybe they're mm. they're beneficial for their soil. I don't know, but I mean, if you if you've got really really excellent soil, like I said before, uh, I think. Go use the wood chips. It's it's more like if you if you're going to put them on your soil, if you put four inches of wood chips down, and you think next year you're going to have eight foot tall tomato plants. Um, if your soil was marginal to start with, yeah, it's going to be slightly next mar- less marginal next year. Mm-hmm. Slightly better, yeah. only slightly better. And I know that because in parts of my garden, and this will be the final thing I'll say, um, in parts of my garden where. I just put wood chips down, so I didn't put any manure or anything. I'm talking about the walking paths. So the walking paths, I literally did what the guy in the film says, uh, Paul Gouch is his name. You just put you know, paper, put paper down and put wood chips down. Because my walking paths, I just want to suppress weeds. So you put the paper down, and then you put the wood chips down to hold the paper in place. And it looks nicer than having cardboard everywhere. Mm-hmm. Also, car- cardboard gets slimy when it's wet. Um, so in some of those areas, every year I've tried tucking seeds into the soil. Mm-hmm. and to see if uh, what kind of growth I get. And every year in, in different areas I've tried this in my garden, just in that existing poor, poor, poor clay soil. And I've always planted beans because they're the, just about the easiest thing there is to grow. And this is the first year I had beans grow out of it. So it took mm-hmm. like four years for that mm-hmm. soil to be improved by the, um, wood, by chips. the wood chips. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, that if you saw that Ruth Stout video I did, um, you know, I just, uh, I took a weed bed growing into the same soil, put manure down, put potatoes in it, put about a foot of hay, and had a huge potato garden. Yeah. Eat one. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, wood chips work, but they don't work fast, especially when you live somewhere that freezes solid for six months of the year every year. Or whatever it is, four yeah. months or five months, whatever yeah. that window is. You know, yeah. I'd say from sometime in December until uh, early April. Right. It's, the ground is frozen. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, here we've got a heat problem. So you need mulches that uh, really, really attract heat and seem to uh, get going. You know, when, when the sun's on them, they start cooking and start working right. and I find hay and seaweed seem to be more uh, li- likely to do that gotcha awesome well there you have it yes episode 48 uh, just like always you can find the show notes at uh, maritimegardening.com slash 048 Check out uh, check out Greg's stuff on Facebook. He's getting quite a bit of traction there if you haven't already. And um, anything YouTube else? Channel. YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel. Let's not yes. forget the YouTube channel. Yes. Putting uh, all of his videos up on the YouTube channel. So check those out. And don't forget to hit subscribe and maybe let someone else know about it. So Maybe. Yeah. There you go. So that does it for this week. And... Um, We'll see you on the next one. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right, take care.